Welcome back to Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You. I am your host, Alejandra Vivanco. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is the day, chapter 10, The Meaning of Surrender. So now I'm going to do something a little bit different. I actually have the book in my hands. Um, it's a very straightforward. I think chapter 9 and chapter 10 are my favorite chapters uh, very straight to the point. There's a lot of good information. And the questions that he uses to, uh, you know, color his answers and how he goes about his answer and the information that he shares are very good questions. Because, And they're all, they're all valid. Because at some point, we're all going to have these questions when we begin to talk about forgiveness or surrender or acceptance or... Uh, denial, inner resistance, suffering, pain, and all the good stuff. So if you hear the book, have it right here, then it's just me flipping the pages because I was just, you know, I'm just going to have the book in my hand and we're going to talk as we go. So again, remember to subscribe, share the podcast. This is the last episode of The Power of Now. I hope that you got something from it. I hope that you can have conversations with um, other people about it. I hope you got the book and read it if, it, it, if you know, it piqued your interest. So let's get to it. So this whole episode is about uh, the word surrender, which is very interesting, but it's very true because it's very hard for us to come in to come to terms with that word because we think of something, we have a mental image of something, but it's not what we think it is. So it's um, the first subchapter is called Accept Acceptance of the Now. And the question goes, you mentioned surrendered, surrender a few times. I don't like that idea. It sounds somewhat fatalistic. If we always accept the way things are, we're not going to make any effort to improve them. It seems to me what progress is all about, both in our personal lives and collectively, is not to accept the limitations of the present, but to strive to go beyond them and create something better. If we hadn't done this, we would still be living in caves. How do you reconcile surrender with changing things and getting things done? And this is the key question to everything we've been talking about, and it's just... It's put together beautifully because I think that everything that it's in, that is in this question is basically how we think about surrender and our issues with coming to terms with that word. So, yes, we do think that surrender is um, the opposite of evolving, changing, uh, and having power because... We believe that surrender means that, well, fuck it, basically, which is not. But that's what we believe. And that's great that this that he opens this chapter with this question because it basically sets the whole tone for the, the, the chapter 10. So his answer is, to some people, surrender may have negative connotations, implying defeat, giving up failing to rise to the challenges of life, becoming lethargic, and so on. True surrender, however, is something entirely different. 
it doesn't mean to passively put up with whatever situation you find yourself in and to do nothing about it, nor does it mean to cease making plans or initiating positive action. Surrender is the simple but profound wisdom of yielding to yielding to rather than opposing the flow of life. So uh, if you can Google Yanla Van Zandt, uh, she's talking to Oprah, Super Soul Conversations, and there is like a, a, a short clip uh, involving the word surrender too. And they, they make a gesture with their hands. You know, people think that surrender looks like this and they kind of go within like they're in a shell, but actually surrender looks like this and they open their, their arms up to the skies. You know, it's kind of like, liberating, accepting. Now, it's true when when we complain about something, right? We believe the illusion that we are doing something. So it's kind of like we're not taking it up. We're not, you know, accepting. So we complain in our minds, but we never, you know, create anything. You we don't we don't do anything about it. We just complain constantly. That's not surrendering. That's denying the present moment. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's very interesting. So you have to accept this moment because there is no other choice but to accept it. Because once you accept, not as in you condone or you support, just as in this is what it is. And it's not, oh, okay, well, this is what it is, whatever, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything. It, it is to be aware, like fully 100% aware of what's happening from that discovery, from the acceptance, from the surrender, you choose what to do next, right? So if we see something and we stay in our minds and we complain and we judge and all that stuff, we're not accepting the moment because we are already having an opinion about it that goes against the moment itself. So if we see something, we're like, oh, that shouldn't happen. We're already negating what is. That's what it is. What are we going to do about it? But we have become so enamored with the idea of doing a lot of things in our minds that we just stay there instead of doing something about it while recognizing what already happened. So let's see. Here he says, for example, if you were stuck in the mud somewhere, you wouldn't say, okay, I resign myself to being stuck in the mud. Resignation is not surrender. You don't need to accept an undesirable or unpleasant life situation, nor do you need to deceive yourself and say that there is nothing wrong with being stuck in the mud. No, you recognize fully that you want to get out of it. You then narrow your attention down to the present moment without mentally labeling it in any way. This means that there is no judgment of the now. Therefore, there is no resistance, no emotional negativity. I mean, what else can I say about this one? So how we engage in negative negativity is through denial. Because I don't want to be here, so I would rather be somewhere else. We think we ate with that statement, like we did something. No, we didn't. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? You don't want to be here. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Accept that you're here. So what's next? Oh, nothing. 
okay, then shut the fuck up. Being completely honest, right? Don't, don't we have people at work? I used to work with someone in one of my a thousand jobs. And um, every time she would come to my station, she would look at her watch. Bitch, it's 10 a.m. Where do you have to go? Where do you, what? And later I found out that she didn't have to be anywhere or go anywhere. And even when she was given days off, you know, because we had uh, somebody out of the office and we didn't need as much people and she had uh, plenty of PTO, she would say, well, what am I going to do at home? So you're here at work right now and you are like, oh, my God, it's 10 a.m. When is the day going to end? But then when you're given the, the opportunity of using your pay time off, you're like, oh, but what am I going to do at home? I don't have anything to do. Do you see the madness in that? And it wouldn't be just one thing. It would be constantly, okay, what time is lunch? Okay, we're out of lunch now. What, uh, what time is it going to be five o'clock? So then we don't have to, we just have to wait an hour so that everything is done and we can go home. What? It's crazy, man. It's insane. But anyway. So he then says, if you find your life situation unsatisfactory or even intolerable, it's only by surrendering first that you can break the unconscious resistance pattern that perpetuates that situation. Surrender is perfectly compatible with taking action, initiating change, or achieving goals. But in surrendered state, a, but in the surrender state, a totally different energy, a different quality flows into your doing. Surrender reconnects you with the source energy of being. And if, you do, if your doing is infused with being, it becomes a joyful celebration of life energy that takes you more deeply into the now. So again, I think it's the concept we have of surrendering that makes us not want to surrender. We believe that inner fighting, inner conflict helps us somehow to do something and we can get to the doing without all of that extra stuff that is just perpetuating and creating negativity in our lives like in our inner home in our inner mind inner body emotional and all the good stuff we can get there without that but because we have learned to do it by resisting because we believe that if we resist we're doing something it's kind of like people giving their opinions without ask nobody asking them and condoning people online. It's like, are you doing something? And if you're doing something, then why are you perpetuating this negative energy? Instead of criticizing that person or that organization and you are actually doing something, you know, to promote the opposite of it, then promote the opposite of it and help people inform themselves instead of just bashing the other side whatever side that is you get what i'm saying so let's continue he, um the question is 
well, the, the comment is from the person. I can see that if I'm in a situation that is unpleasant or unsatisfactory and I completely accept the moment as it is, there will be no suffering or unhappiness. I will have risen above it. But I still qu can't quite see where the energy or motivation for taking action and bringing about change would come from if there isn't a certain amount of dissatisfaction. Again, what I just said, we're confusing things, right? So you, my, my pen drops and I can complain about it. And that I believe, because that's how I've been living my life, that by complaining about it and judging it and um, having a negative opinion about it, it dropping is going to make me pick it up, Right? What if my pen drops and I'm like, oh, it dropped. Let me pick it up. Didn't I get there faster? I didn't resist the fact that it dropped. I just went ahead and said, oh, it, it dropped. Let me pick it up. That's basically what we're talking about. Non-resistance. And you can apply that anywhere, right? So anything that happened, we believe that if we have an opinion opposite to what is, we're going to create change. Instead of saying, oh, this is what happened. I don't want it to be that way. Let me change it. There's a different energy that comes from it. And in accepting that my pen dropped, I can see it and say, oh, the next move would be to pick it up, put it back on the table. End of story. There is no me complaining prior to it, you're being picked up. And then once I picked it up, after that, perpetuating that, complaining. Why did it drop? Didn't I put it here? I should have put it here, but I didn't. Why did I put it here? I remember when, and then we, off we go, you know, the horses have left the, the, the barn, and then we're off to that story. You see how easy it is? for us to engage in something that is going to perpetuate suffering. Very interesting. So uh, he says, in the state of surrender, you see very clearly what needs to be done and you take action. Doing one thing at a time and focusing on one thing at a time. See? Okay. So... That's basically the, the example I just gave you. So he says, and this is very true, do not confuse surrender with an attitude of, I can't be bothered anymore, or I just don't care anymore. If you look at it closely, you will find that such an attitude is tainted with negativity in the form of hidden resentment, and so is not surrender at all, but masked resistance. So again, if the pen drops... And then I'm like, oh, well, fuck it. I don't want to. If I go into that mind, you know, the, 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 the mental chatter, the, 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 the mental vomiting, if I go there, which a lot of people do, and that's one of the reasons why I quit my job, the last job that I had, because this woman couldn't shut the fuck up about everything she had in her mind. She needed to always say every single thing. So let's say this is the perfect example. The pen drops, right? And she would go, well, 
Why would I uh, pick up the pen? I am so busy about the, uh, that I, I shouldn't be picking up this pen. Why did the pen drop? And so she would go into that story instead of saying, hey, can you pick this pen up? Or let me just pick, the, pick it up and put it back on the fucking table. I couldn't deal with that. And so it's up to me. The ball is in my, is in my court, right? So I say, okay, I have two choices. Either I do something about it, which I did, and nobody helped. I went through the proper channels and nobody helped or I leave because the other option, which I, I never want to be uh, involved in or engage in anymore because it's not worth it, would be to always complain in my mind about her complaining. So she complains, I complain and nothing gets done. And that's what we do in our, in our jobs, in our daily lives. She complains, I complain. Nothing gets done. And we believe that that's the way to live. But what we're doing is creating collective negativity, which is something that Eckhart says. We're all adding to the energy of the world and collectively we're just engaging in negativity. And it's not because we want to, like truly really want to be unhappy and negative all the time, though some people may think that. It's because we feel powerless because we cannot accept, look, the moment I accept that this is who she is and this is what's going to be. Nothing at this shop is going to change. We're not going to change her. She has been this way since we, we can remember. And either you, you, you go with the flow and rock with it or you leave. That's just the bottom line. That's the, that's the present moment. So I accept that those two choices and I said okay I, I go bye no issues no conflict it's like oh okay this is what it is she's not going to change nobody's going to do anything to help her change or you know put the pressure on her and all that it's bringing down morale and all that good so this is what it is right okay I go that's my choice I didn't resist the answer, I didn't go into, why are you saying that? You should be doing more. Why should I accept? No, why? Why am I doing that? It's very clear. It's clear. It's day and night. Either you rock with it because this is what it is or you go, I go. Done. It's over. There's no dwelling over what they said or what I thought should be. There's, why, why would I even go there? When people are clear, you have to listen and then you make a choice. So I accepted that. Doesn't mean that I approve it because obviously that's not the way for people to work. See, that's the difference. I didn't approve her answer, but I accepted it and I made a choice. And I think that's what he's saying. That's the whole point. Okay, so let's keep going. So I, oh, it's so funny because the next one says, I am in a situation at work that is unpleasant. I have tried to surrender to it, but I find it impossible. That means that he's not surrendering how he says it. He's just not approving of it. A lot of resistance keeps coming up. And Eckhart says, if you cannot surrender, take action immediately. Speak up or do something to bring about a change in the situation or remove yourself from it. Take responsibility for your life. 
Do not pollute your beautiful, radiant inner being nor the earth with negativity. Do not give unhappiness in any form whatsoever a dwelling place inside of you. If you cannot take action, for example, if you're in prison, then you have two choices left. Resistance or surrender. Bondage or inner freedom from external conditions. Suffering or inner peace. Same thing. And I think that... It's hard for us because some of us, and I've been there, everything that I'm telling you, I've been there. You know, sometimes we just need the job. Yes, it's not the best job in the world, or yes, it's just something quick for us to, you know, pay the bills. But if we don't like where we work, you have choices. Again, you have to take responsibility for your life. Either you stay or you go. And if you choose to stay, are you going to do something about it? Is there something you can do? No. Then you have to accept what is and let go of the resistance, meaning that you don't approve of it, but you're not constantly fighting it in your mind. This is what it is, and you're a part of it. You cannot find yourself to be on a different hierarchy because you have a negative, a negative opinion of the place you are in, participating in. This is what it is. This is what it is. Let me make my money. Let me keep it pushing. That's what he's talking about. Okay, so he says, your relationships will be changed profoundly by surrender. If you can never accept what is, by implication, you will not be able to accept anybody the way they are. You will judge, criticize, label, reject, or attempt to change people. Oh boy, haven't we all been there trying to change people? All my relationship with men have been, or actually with everybody, have been trying to fix them, help them, change them. Boy, oh boy, wasted time. Furthermore, if you continuously make the now into a means to an end, in the future, you will also make every person you encounter or relate with into a means to an end. The relationship, the human being, is then of secondary importance to you or of no, no importance at all. What you can get out of the relationship is primary, be it material gain, a sense of power, physical pleasure, or some form of ego gratification. And the funny thing is that many people believe that, oh, no, 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 I know better. I'm going to help you. And if they don't get the results they want, they get upset. Like, nobody told you that it's your responsibility. Somebody asking for help is the person who has to do the work. You can assist them, be by their side, but never do the work for them. There's no way you can do the work for them. And then we create resentment because we cannot accept the fact that the person is what it is. Not good or bad. There's no judgment. It's just that's that's who they are. And I get to choose if I engage with them or not. And so we get attached to people because we believe that family is forever or we owe it to our families. Fuck that bullshit. Respectfully. Your behavior and what I deem to be appropriate is not coming together. I'm not fucking with you. But what we do is we create pain and suffering because we want to recreate certain roles. And it's uh, the, the little boy or the little girl looking for mommy and daddy. 
So we're not really seeing them for who they are. We believe that we can, we see their potential and that's how we say, okay, we're going to help them. If they cannot see that, we cannot see that. There's no way for us to make them get to where we believe they should be unless they want to. And then we become the martyrs and then we resent and we're the victims and oh, woe is me. Look what I did for you. I didn't ask. You wanted to do it. And that's how people get taken advantage of. So see, if you see things for what they are, just see them for what they are. No bullshit. Just see them for what they are. It doesn't mean they're bad people or good people. Just what it is. Their actions will actually tell you what's happening. Their behavior will tell you exactly where they are. Not whatever they tell you they want or need, blah, blah, blah. Because actions and their behavior should come with the words. They should be followed every time they say something. If you don't see that, then get your glasses, your emotional glasses out and say, oh, this is what it is. Through the lens of being an emotional person, oh my God, I love you and I will do anything for you. You are setting yourself up for failure because you are not seeing what is. You are resisting the moment. Keep going. <laughs> so um, then uh, the, the person asks, what about non-resistance in the face of violence, aggression, and the like? Eckhart says, non-resistance doesn't necessarily mean doing nothing. All it means is that any doing becomes non-reactive. Remember the deep wisdom underlying the practice of Eastern martial arts. Don't resist the opponent's force. Yield to overcome. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but... Here we go. On the other hand, if action is required, you will no longer react from your conditioned mind, but you will respond to the situation out of your conscious presence. In that state, your mind is free of concepts, including the concept of nonviolence. So who can predict what you will do? So this is something that Dr. Eager says in her book, The Difference Between Reaction and Response. And reaction comes from the past and the lack of consciousness. Response comes from a choice you make. So we need to bring more of that and less of the other. So of course, inner, not, not resisting something doesn't mean that you're gonna be like, okay, well, beat me up and let's, and whatever. I shouldn't resist, that's not it. It means that from a place of awareness, heightened awareness, consciousness, from a place of, acceptance you're like oh okay so this is what i'm going to do next you can move you don't have to be still it means that it comes from a deeper place other than trauma your responses or reactions so surrender is inner acceptance of what is without any reservations we're talking about your life this instant not the conditions or circumstances of your life not what I call your life situation. Oh boy, it's a good episode. Again, the meaning of surrender. Get to get your books. <laughs> so 
the question reads, uh, well, yeah. I read about a Stoic philosopher in ancient Greece who, when he was told that his son had died in an accident, replied, I knew he was not immortal. Is that surrender? If it is, I don't want it. There are some situations in which surrender seems unnatural and inhuman. Again, it's a great, great question that he adds to the chapter because that, that means there, there's emotional attachment. It doesn't mean that the person didn't feel the pain, but there was inner acceptance that, so maybe to somebody that it's more emotional, let's say, or attached to, obviously, if somebody replies with that, uh, it might feel like, oh, you didn't have a good relationship with your son or you didn't love your son, blah, 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 blah. Sure, that may be your opinion of it, but maybe there was an inner acceptance or inner wisdom that came with, eventually we're all going to die. And that was his moment. So not it's not surprising to that person. Why? Because he didn't buy into the idea that the fathers and, and mothers should not outlive their sons and daughters. Right? Okay. So here we go. Uh, Eckhart says, being cut off from your feelings is not surrender. But we don't know what his inner state was when he said those words. In certain extreme situations, it may still be impossible for you to accept the now, but you always get a second chance at surrender. Your first chance is to surrender each moment to the reality of that moment, knowing that what is cannot be undone because it already is. You say yes to what is or accept what isn't. Then you do what you have to do, whatever the situation requires. Does that make sense? So the second, your, your second chance at surrender. If you cannot accept what is outside, then accept what's inside. If you cannot accept the external condition, accept the internal condition. This means do not resist the pain. Allow it to be there. Surrender to the grief, despair, fear, loneliness, or whatever form that the suffering takes. Witness it without labeling it mentally. Embrace it. So yield to it. And I think that's what we're missing um, when it comes to really uh, healing trauma and pain. We have to feel it. There's no way around it. We may get by, you know, going around the pain constantly, but there's no way around it. Either you feel it or you feel it, period, with a DT at the end. <laughs> oh, boy. So acceptance doesn't mean that you approve what happens, right? Acceptance is just that you see things for what they are. Surrender doesn't mean that you give up. Surrender means that you don't resist what is. And that in that moment, in that acknowledgement, you get to choose. That's how you take responsibility for your life. And you make the choices accordingly because you are making choices with all the information you can 
collect from that moment without you looking at things with your opinions and judgments and stuff. That's how you create your life. Or you create life situations that are based on reality. And I love that he he says this quote, and I don't know if I learned this from him, but when Jesus says, forgive them for they don't know what they do, it's not because, oh, that's how we translate it. Oh, he didn't know better, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, he was in an unconscious state because nobody wants to be in pain or unhappy. Choosing something means that you're bringing consciousness into the picture, according to Eckhart. So forgiveness means to let go so that we're able to accept what is and understand that, and this comes when you tap into your own pain, that people don't want to hurt other people consciously. But because they are in an unconscious state of mind, they hurt other people because that's all they know what to do. That's the, the energy they are tapping into. It doesn't mean that we justify what they do. It just means that we don't add negativity to that or pain to that or prolong suffering. Okay. <laughs> I have the book here. It's just... So he says, after that quote, this is not related to intelligence in the conventional sense of the word. I have met many highly intelligent and educated people who were also completely unconscious, which is to say completely identified with their mind. In fact, if mental development and increased knowledge are not counterbalanced by a corresponding growth in consciousness, the potential for unhappiness and disaster is very great. Okay. He says, nobody chooses dysfunction, conflict, and pain. He, this is a response to somebody says, you know, a friend of mine is in an abusive relationship and we've told this person to leave many times and they choose to stay. So he says, nobody chooses dysfunction, conflict, pain. Nobody chooses insanity. They happen because there is not enough presence in you to dissolve the past, not enough light to dispel the darkness. You're not fully here. You have not quite woken up yet. In the meantime, the conditioned mind is running your life, which means that, you know, we recreate what happened to us in our relationships. And until we, we, we wake up, which means to become the observer, to bringing consciousness into the picture, deprogram the mind, and all the good stuff we've been talking about for many, 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 many episodes, we're going to perpetuate the pain because we, in our minds, we believe that pain equals, equals love. Or our sense of worth is so low that we believe that's what we deserve or that's just how it is and we accept that and we believe that's just how things are. And instead of accepting that that's how we feel and acknowledging that and saying, but this is not true, until we get to that point, we're never going to get out of that cycle. So I want to end... How, 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 how much I'm running here? Okay, so I want to end this episode with this. How will I know when I have surrendered? And he's, Eckhart says, when you no longer need to ask the question.
the end. <laughs> so that's it, folks. Ten episodes, The Power of Now. Um, get your copies if you haven't already. Discuss, share, subscribe, like, follow, save. <laughs> Whatever people say. But I think... Because of the things we have learned and definitions we have learned, we're not willing to accept, we're not willing to let go, we're not willing to forgive because there is other things that come into play when we bring those words into the table and want to discuss them. Our pain body becomes activated when we talk about forgiveness because we have unresolved pain and issues and we are prolonging suffering because we believe that until we see justice for the other person, we're never going to be able to forgive or forget. And as in, like Iyanla used to say, when you can think of something that happened to you in the past and there is no emotional reaction in your body or mind and you know you have gone through the pain, that means that's healed. So I can... I remember everything that happened to me, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are things that are still blocked in my in my brain that I haven't unlocked. But thus far, there are a lot of things that I can say that not only I have forgiven them, but it's it's, it's done. I I can forgive. Yeah, I don't forget because I know what happened, but there is no emotional component to it anymore. And there are other things that I have forgiven, and I obviously have not forgotten because, you know, I have a good memory and there's still an emotional component to it. So until I let that go, I'm still carrying that with me. And when I see a trigger that points towards that direction, I know it's a reminder that I need to take a look at it and dive into that fully so I can take responsibility next time for my actions because anything that triggers you can prompt a reaction. And what we want is to make choices and not just go through life trying fighting everybody, surviving the jungle and having our eyes closed. In, instead, we need to open our eyes and see things for what they are and surrender to the present moment. And I think that because we like to have control of things, it's very hard for us to surrender because that would mean that we don't have any control. The gag is that we never had control over what happened outside of ourselves. We like to think that, but we don't. And that's something in Map of, Maps of Meaning. Jordan Peterson says, you know, you, you go to work and something happens and you have your whole day mapped out and you, you think that's what it's going to be. But then it's until a challenge comes up then you realize that you have no power or control over what's happening outside of you. But you have full control of what you do from that moment, from that situation. You have, full, you have to take full responsibility for every single thing. And it's tough and it's not easy because we have been conditioned to believe that we, we are a victim. Even if you don't say it that way, 
if you're still blaming people for things that are happening to you, have happened to you, and you're still holding on to people from the past or situations, and you have not taken responsibility for your feelings, then you are engaging in the victim mentality. If you believe you're owed something, if you believe that um, things should happen your way, and they're not happening your way, so you just perpetuate negativity in your life and unhappiness and pollute your relationships with that, you are engaging in the victim mentality. And fortunately and unfortunately, and I say both because it depends how you're going to take this, but it's up to you. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody. Nobody. And until we drop those beliefs, these fairy tales, and heal that inner child and stop the drama, we're going to keep on fight, wanting to find that person, that situation that's going to save us. And like Eckhart says, salvation is happening right now. It's not something that happens in the future because then it's not, you may die tonight. So how is that salvation in the future? This moment is all there is. Your time is limited. Everything is happening right now. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to still fight it? Because you're only wasting your energy and time. Or are you going to accept that this is what it is? But we have strengthened the muscle of resistance, of non-acceptance, of fighting inner conflict, because that's how we survived when we were younger and now we're still in that mindset but what if what if we didn't have to do it that way anymore that's just an option you don't have to take it but knowing that there is something else eventually may click with you and when we engage in suffering for so long you, it can either make you, as in break the cycle, or break you, as in you get depressed and you just don't want to be here anymore. And I've engaged in those thoughts. I remember being suicidal. And something that I learned from Iyanla was that she um, said to someone, it's not that you don't want to exist anymore. It's just you, you want the pain to stop. And that was a very, very powerful sentence to say to someone who's touching that, those thoughts, who's thinking about ending it all. Because it's true. It's not that I don't want to be here anymore, necessarily. It's that I don't want it to hurt. And when you come to that realization, then you you open up a door, a window that says maybe it doesn't have to be this way. Maybe there's another alternative. Maybe it doesn't have to be so extreme. But when you are under so much pressure and pain and you're perpetuating suffering and you see no way out, that's a thought that becomes something that can be a reality. And it's painful to even think about it. But because we have not been given a choice or a possibility, 
we believe that this is just how it's going to be. So if this is how it's going to be, then why am I still here? I don't want to live this way. So we believe that that's the, the only choice left when it's not. And we've talked about it. You know, if you think things and situations or careers, labels, diplomas, uh, you know, PhD, MD, BA, uh, being the, a spouse, being a mother, or anything is going to make you feel anything other than what you already believe in yourself, you're wrong. It may happen for a moment. It may happen for a moment. You may get that high, but it's going to come down again. Because it's not about what's happening outside of yourself. It's what's happening inside of you. And the only person who has to deal with and can deal with and is able to change that is you. Nobody else. And that's a scary thought because we don't know how to enter that path. We don't know how to engage in those thoughts Maybe everything I've said thus far, all the books I've, I've talked about seem foreign, they seem unreal, they seem odd, but I've seen it in, in other people and I've seen it in myself. And I can only tell you my experience. I cannot make you do anything you don't wanna do. Even when you say, I do wanna change, Sometimes we say things, but then our actions and behavior say something else. And that may mean that we're not ready because we, we know somewhere in us that the pain that we have to go through again is so deep and so, so heavy that we would rather just stay in maybe one day, not today. All right, that's it for, for this episode. Again, season 10 is done with chapter 10 of The Power of Now. Get your copy if you're interested. And remember to share, subscribe. I post on my Instagram. I have, um, whatchamacallit, it's, it's at alevivanco29. And um, I'll see you next week. And with that, I say till next time, bye.